Hey guys, my name is Alan Peacock, pastor of the Awakening Church. We're located in Smithfield, North Carolina on Bookadary Road, right across from Triple S High School and the Aquatic Center. And I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you so much for visiting our site today. Are you guys ready for a word today? All right, now you said you were ready. Amen. Hey guys, we've been in a series called Now What? And we are bringing this series to a close. And I wanted to end the series today by talking about those times in your life where you have a dream from God and there is a passion for it, there is a desire for it, and you're believing in that dream, you're trusting in that dream, and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and the dream does not come to pass. And so unfortunately, a lot of times in life, we give up on the dream. And so now you're asking yourself the question, now what? Like, what do I do now? This was the path. This was the plan. This is what I believe that was God's will for my life. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. I've given up on it. So now what? I want to talk to you about that today. But before we get into it, I want to give you a scripture that prayerfully will encourage you, as it did me, from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, out of the message translation. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. So if you don't have a dream, if you don't have a vision, if you're not in tune with what God is doing, then then your life is going to be one that just stumbles. But then it goes on, it says, but when they attend to what God reveals, in other words, you're in tune with what God is saying. You're in tune with the vision and the passion and the dream that He's put into your heart. You're in tune with that, not only as a church, but an individual. It says, they are of the most blessed. And that's just a great scripture to grab hold of and and tuck it in your heart when you're going through those tough times in life. And I really believe that today is is really a God word. I believe it's a God word that is really for now because I believe that we're living in the last days. And I know you've heard that a lot before, but Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says, In the last days God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now understand God's spirit is already here. But in the last days, he says, I'm going to pour it out in a heavier way. And then as a result, when he does that, there's, there's three things that take place. There's prophecies, visions, and dreams. Those three things happen when God pours out his spirit. And so these are people that not only understand the reality of the now, but they also understand where God is going. And so today, I just simply want to get you dreaming again. I want to get you dreaming again. Uh, how many of you guys remember growing up, you used to just dream all the time? Had those dreams. We were riding to church this morning, and Caleb was sitting in the back, and he said, Daddy, he said, I, man, I, I'm dreaming that there's Spider-Man jumping on every building as we're driving down the road. And, and I said, you know what, man? I said, that's pretty cool, buddy. I said, because when I was growing up and I was riding in the car, I used to dream they were like dirt bikes, and we were racing dirt bikes down the road. I could just see them. But, but, but there's that time in your life where you're just full of dreams. You're full of desires. But for whatever reason, maybe, maybe God has not acted out or, or performed those dreams in the way that you thought he should, and so now you're giving up on them. And so my job today is to get you back in touch with the passions and the desires and the dreams that God has given to you so that you will not give up on the dream, but that you will actually go on. And oftentimes, I'm, I'm asked this question a lot, how do I know if God is speaking to me? 
Like, is it God or is it the burrito? I don't know. Which one is it? And so I want to give you four things real quick. Now, this is a little bit of review from where we are in week one. But when you want to test if God is speaking to me or not, how do I know? Well, the first way is this. Does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? Uh, because not God is never going to speak something into your heart that is going to contradict Scripture. So if it doesn't line up with the Bible, then it wasn't God speaking to you. It was the burrito that you had the night before. So here's the second way that I can test whether God is speaking to me. Will it make me more like Christ? Will it make me more like Christ? Uh, And understand, Jesus Christ, while he was on the earth, he had both purpose and personality. So there was who he was and what he did. And so the dream that God gives you is going to line up with both of them. So it'll make you look more like Christ, and it'll make you do what Christ did while he was on the earth. And if it doesn't line up with it, then it's the burrito, bro. Uh, Here's the third way that you can test that. Number three, do those in spiritual authority confirm it? How do I know if this is God speaking to me? How do I know that this is really what God wants me to do? Do those in spiritual authority confirm that? Uh, And it's interesting because God has blessed every one of us with people in our lives that love you and love God. Uh, It could be pastors or youth pastors or kids directors or teachers or parents, whatever the case. Some of you have people in your workplace and they've invested in you. They've invested time in you and they love God. They love you and they're in spiritual authority over you, especially young people. I want all the young people to kind of lean in for a minute. If you have God-fearing parents and they don't see what you see, then you need to give strong consideration to what they see. I didn't have but one parent in the house that just said amen right there. If you are a parent and you are a child, and child, children listen to me, or teenagers listen to me, if your parents don't see what you see, if they're God-fearing people, then you need to give special consideration to that. You know, I told Caleb the other day, I said, I am your dreams, brother. Amen. I, it's me. I'm it. You know, God, has, uh, God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan for your life. That's what I told him. But, but, but I, just, I believe that. I believe that because when they're small, uh, I believe that God is going to speak to me on their behalf. Now, there will come a time when they get older, and there's going to be that transition. But for right now, God has put me uh, in their life for a purpose. And so, again, when it comes to testing those dreams, do those in spiritual authority confirm it? And then the fourth one, is it focused on me or is it focused on others? That's a big one right there. Is it focused on me or is it focused on others? Because God is not going to speak something into your heart that's going to make you great. It's not about your ego. It's not about your personal ambitions. It's about you doing something that's going to impact the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's not about you. And so again, these are just four ways. It's kind of the message before the message, if you will. Just a little review. But this is a way to test, is God speaking to me or not? So again, I want to talk to you a little bit today about this, this thing that, okay, God, I have a dream. I believe it's from you. How do I keep from giving up on it? How do I keep from just walking away from it? Because I believe that we all experience days in our lives where we feel like giving up. And honestly, I mean, I'm not above that. I have days like that too. I have days where sometimes I'm just like, Calgon, take me away. 
And all you old folks are laughing because you know what I'm talking about because you remember, come on, you remember the commercial? You know, Cal gone, take me away. It's, that, it's a, a commercial about bubbles in a bath and, and, you know, you just lay down and Cal gone, take me away and you just act like the world doesn't exist. Come on, how many of you remember that commercial? Come on, you tell your age, it's all right to be old, amen? But, 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 you know, quite frankly, I think there are times like that in our lives where, where we just feel like I just can't make it anymore. I can't make it anymore. Like Calgon, take me away. And if that's you, I want to give you a promise from God's Word. This is not in your notes, but it it's really should be a life scripture from you. And it comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And it basically says that God will not let you go through something. He's going to let, not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you experience that bad day, that trial, that tribulation, God will always give you the ability to stand up under it. Okay, that's a life verse. That's something you need to write down and put that verse to memory because, again, some of you have come into the room today and you're sitting there and you've put on this Christian smile on the outside, but on the inside, you're like, Calgon, take me away. I don't think I can take this anymore. And again, there have been days in my life where I've come on the stage and I was smiling up here on the stage, but on the inside I'm wondering, man, can I, can I take this? Can I do this anymore? And there's been days like that, and we all have that. I mean, guys, you have no idea how hard it is to get up here and talk about a great marriage and a happy marriage and a loving wife, and Misty ain't talked to me in two days. And listen, there are days where you feel like that. There are days when you go through that. And so I want to dedicate today's message to every person who come in the room smiling on the outside, but you're giving up on the inside. And you're asking the question, now what? What do I do now? And here's the thing. For a lot of you in here, it's not that you don't dream. Because we all dream, but I think you've become convinced that your dream will never happen. And so let me just give you a truth right off the bat. And if you're taking notes, you're going to really want to write this one down. Here's a truth for you today. Dreams are conceived long before they are achieved. Your dream is conceived long before it's achieved. In other words, there's a space in between there. And so one of my jobs as a pastor is to encourage you while you're in the space. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Yeah, but I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle with my dreams, so what do I do? And I want to talk to you about that today. And, and so anytime you talk about dreams and, and the plan that God has for you, you can't talk about that without looking at a guy by the name of Joseph. When you talk about Joseph, Joseph, one of the oldest stories in the Bible, is actually found in the first book in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. And Joseph was a dreamer. In Genesis chapter 37, verse 5 through 7, it says this, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. So even before he shared the dream, they already hated him. But when he shared the dream, they hated him all the more. I mean, why did they hate him? Because he was the baby in the family, and he's daddy's favorite, and he's got the coat of many colors and all that good stuff. And so they were jealous. They were mad. And so here comes Joseph, and Joseph says, hey, guys, come here. He said to them, listen to the dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright and your sheaves gathered and bowed down to me. Bless God. Amen. How's that? And you understand that his brothers really weren't fired up about that kind of dream. And Joseph right here shows us why the dream didn't happen right then. 
Joseph shows us that you can even see it in his attitude. He's not ready for this dream. He's not ready for it to come to pass. Joseph, at this point in his life, shows us a person that has a lot of character development that is needed. And so that's why there's space in between there. God is working on us. He's developing us. He's helping us. And so here's his brothers. They're not excited about what Joseph is doing and what he's saying. And so Genesis 37, 19 and 20, they say, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him. How many of you just love the Bible? (laughs) You ever said that about your siblings? Let's just kill them. Let's kill them and throw them in the cisterns. And uh, say a a ferocious animal has devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. I want to just pull out just a few truths for you today uh, as it relates to these scriptures that we've read. And the first one is this. Very important that you grab hold of this one. Don't give up on your dream, even if it didn't start off well. Don't give up on your dream, even if it did not start off well. And for a lot of you in the room today, you, you had that dream and you thought that you'll believe in God for something great and then history happens. Come on, anybody have had a little history to happen in your life? And, and too many of you in this room today, you are convinced that because of what happened in your past, it disqualifies your dreams. And it just alienates you. I've heard people say all the time, Pastor, it's just too late for me. No, it's not too late for you. For all of us in here, listen, the dream doesn't always start out well. We all have events. We have circumstances. We have different things that are happening in our lives. And if you're not careful, you will take on the mindset to say, well, God just can't forgive this. But hear me today. Here's what you need to realize. God has forgiven it. You just haven't forgiven yourself. And that's a great word for somebody today. For some of you, that's all you need to hear because you've been carrying a burden and a weight for far too long and God has already forgiven it. You just haven't forgiven yourself. And so you have to move on. But oftentimes the enemy's job will be to come into your life and throw up a bunch of junk in your life to convince you that you're disqualified. And and, and here's what I want to tell you today. I want to give you a word today that I believe qualifies you all the more with the dreams God has given you. And that is that God has a history of using people that have horrible past to do great things. Have you ever noticed that when you look in the scripture? When you read the Bible and you read about all the characters in the Bible, and trust me, there were some characters in there. And they had big issues, and yet God intentionally uses him because not only is he telling the story of the person, but he's showing us, hey, I'm not disqualified that person. Even though they've had a horrible past, I'm seeing something in them that you may not see or they can even see themselves. I mean, I thought about in Acts chapter 2 when the church was birthing on the scene and everything was going great and God said, hey, I'm going to search the world. I'm looking for a church planner. I need a chief church planner to go and plant churches in the world. He didn't go to the church. He didn't look for somebody that, that knew all the scriptures. He found a guy that was a murderer, a guy by the name of Saul. And he meets Saul on the road to Damascus and he, he reveals himself to him and Saul accepts him into his heart and Saul then becomes Paul. But what you need to understand about Paul is when God visited him, he was overseeing the execution of Christians. But yet that's who God chose. That's who he chose. God chose him literally to make a point to the rest of us in humanity that your dream can still become a reality even when it's not going well. Can become a reality. 
1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. I love this verse of Scripture. It says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength. And then we got this underline. That He considered me trustworthy. One translation says He considered me faithful. He considered me faithful. Appointing me to His service. And I think about that Scripture and I think about even my life how did God looked down from heaven and saw a C average student. Somebody from Edgecombe County that nobody knew in the backwoods of nowhere. And yet even though I wasn't faithful, God considered me faithful. That's the thing I love about God. And then Paul goes on, he says, hey, I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man, but I was shown mercy. Paul is saying, man, I can't believe God picked me. And I'm telling you, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you've done. God's dream can still come to pass in your heart today. Listen, you don't measure the dream by who you think you are. You measure it by who your God is. So don't give up on the dream, even if it's not going too well. But then here's the next one. Don't give up on your dream, even if the journey is full of surprises. Because trust me, life is full of surprises. And chances are you're going to have twice as many bad days as you do good days. Chances are you're going to have twice as many days to give up on, to go on and keep moving forward. And we even see this in the story of Joseph because Joseph is sold into slavery to Potiphar. I mean, think about it. Joseph was the first one to, to, to have uh, human trafficking installed in his life. That's the first act of human trafficking right there in the book of Genesis. They sold him into slavery. So, so let's, let's do a little test here. Give up or go on. I want you to shout out to me. So if you're Joseph... And you've been sold into slavery as it relates to your dream. Is this a give up or go on moment? Come on, shout it out. Give up. So you're Joseph. You're minding your own business. You're sold into slavery. Hey, God had given him a dream. All your brothers are going to bow down. It's going to be great. But now he's sold into slavery. That's a give up moment. So not only that, but now he's living in a strange country. He doesn't know anybody. Family not around. Is that a give up or go on moment? That's a give up moment right there. So not only that, but then he finds himself in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar sees the hand of God and the favor of God on him. And, and Potiphar elevates him to chief of staff. Oh yeah, is that a give up or go on moment? Come on, yeah, we're getting better now. Things are good. But then all of a sudden, here's Joseph and he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. She accused him of, of trying to rape her and yet he was a man of integrity. And so he's falsely accused. Is that a give up or go on moment? Come on, that's a give up moment right there. But it doesn't stop there because now he's thrown into prison again. Is that a give up or go on moment? Come on, that's a give up moment right there. But then he's put in charge of all the prisoners in the cell. So is that a give up or go on? Come on, that's a go on moment right there. But it doesn't stop there because then he, he has two guys in that prison, the cupbearer and the chief baker, and they're sitting there and they have a dream and Joseph interprets the dream and he tells the cupbearer, hey, hey, don't forget about me, man. Remember me. But the cupbearer forgot him. Is that a give up or go on moment? Come on, that's a give up moment. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? But then he stays in prison for two years longer. Is that a give up or go on moment? Come on, that's a give up moment right there. But then, after it's all that's said and done, he interprets a dream for Pharaoh, and he becomes the second in command in Egypt. Is that a give up or go on moment? 
That's to go on. So I want you to see, even in the life of a dreamer, that you're going to have twice as many days that you can give up on than you do go on. But you've got to make up your mind that this is a dream from God, and it may not look like I want it to look, and I might still have some bad days, but God is going to fulfill what he's put in my heart. I'm going to go on. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that what in all things, turn to somebody and say all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who've been called according to His purpose. You need to know that God is at work in your life today, even when the journey is full of surprises. Here's a third one. Don't give up on your dream, even if it takes a long time to realize it. Don't give up on your dream, even if it takes a long time to realize it. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, it says this, These things that I plan, they won't what? They won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. What does it say? Just be patient. Turn to somebody and say, be patient, bro. Just be patient. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Can I tell you something? God's plan, God's purpose for your life will not be overdue a single day. And I know it feels like a long time, and that's just because we live in a society where we want everything happening right now. We're like in a microwave generation. Man, I remember a long time ago when when my great-grandmother, she used to cook fried chicken, come on, with some lard. Come on, anybody? Holla. Amen. Where are my old folks in the house? Got a bucket of lard, put fried chicken, homemade mashed potatoes. Come on in Jesus' name. Ain't talking about that instant stuff. Now, if you brought instant today, we love you, honey. Amen. But ain't talking about that instant. I'm talking about homemade mashed potatoes. Fried cornbread Mm, in Jesus' name. All that stuff. But see, we want all of that in like five minutes. We want to put it in the microwave for five minutes and pull it out. And it just does not happen. There are some things that can happen right away. But when it comes to the dream that God has put inside of you, most of the time it won't happen right away. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we what? Do not give up. Turn to somebody and say, don't give up. Don't give up. So how do we not give up on the dream? How do we not give up on the dream that God has given us? I want to give you three principles today real quick. The first one is this. You have to recognize and value the process. You have to recognize and value the process because God does. And let me just say it this way. When something is happening to you, God is just wanting to do something in you. When something's happening to you, God is wanting to do something in you. Sometimes God is working the most when you feel it the least. That's how God works. That's how He moves. And understand, God does not bring trouble, but He'll use it. He'll use it. And so we're constantly saying, God, rescue me from this. Get me out of this. And God says, I will, but let's learn something first. Let's learn a little something. And so maybe we ought to change our prayers from saying, Lord, take it away from me to just saying, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? Because I promise you, you'll get out of it faster than just sitting there saying, God, take it away, take it away, take it away. Because God loves working on a character. 
You understand? He's not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your character. It's kind of like my kids. They'll, they'll come to me, uh, you know, every once in a while and say, we don't want to go to school today. I'm like, look, brother, there ain't no fever. You feeling fine. I'm not interested in your comfort. I'm interested in you graduating and getting out of this house one day. Come on, amen. So I don't let them just lay around the house, sleep all day, and play Fortnite. You got, you got to get with it. Uh, but again, God is interested in developing us. And listen, if you don't recognize that, if you don't value that, then your life is going to be miserable. So you have to recognize and value the process and then say, okay, God, okay, uh, uh, obviously there's something happening right now. What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to, to let me learn in all of this? I love 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. It says this, Be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's wonderful joy ahead, the Scripture says. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I love James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, what does it do? Produces perseverance. I'm trying to help you along the way. Because I'm telling you, if you don't let this principle seek into your heart, then you will give up on your dream and you'll walk away from something that God is trying to do in your life. But when you start recognizing and, 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 and valuing the process, what are you trying to teach me here, God? What level are you trying to get me to go on? Then it helps your life tremendously. Here's the second one. Refuse to let offense stop me. Because I mean, you know, offenses are coming your way. Come on, people are coming your way. It's almost like some people have taken a spiritual gifted class and they've discovered that their calling in life is to make yours miserable. Come on, you got anybody? Don't point at them in the house today. You got anybody? You got anybody? But people are like that. And listen, if you don't forgive people every day, resentment will well up in your heart and resentment is a dream killer. There's nothing that'll stop your dreams faster than resentment. And so think about it. Here's Joseph. He gets sold by his brothers. Now, if you fast forward 40 years, now he's an Egyptian. He doesn't look the same that he looked when they sold him into slavery. Things are different now. There's been a famine in the land. Now he's chief of staff. He's in charge. Here comes his brothers. And just like the dream he had when he was 17 years old, all of his brothers are bowing down to him. You talk about getting revenge. If you want a time to get them back, now was the time. He could have looked at them and said, you're going to be in prison the rest of your life. You're going to be my slaves the rest of your life. You know, I curse you. May the, may the flies of a thousand camels invade your armpits or something like that. You know, he could have, that was his chance to do all of that, but he didn't. He didn't do it. He said, I'm your brother Joseph in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. What did it say? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, he said, he said, talking to his disciples, he said, it is impossible that no offense should come. You can't avoid it. It's going to happen. But when it happens, you have to realize what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, our struggle 
The stuff we're fighting with, it's not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers. It's against authorities. And, and listen, we all got haters. Amen? You ever had anybody drink a little haterade? We've all got it. And as good as a guy I am, it shocks me to no end. There are people that don't like me. It really shocks me. But there are. There are people that don't like me. But here's what I've learned through my life. Hurting people hurt people. They're not doing it on purpose. They're doing it because there's a hurt, there's a void, there's something inside their own life. And listen, guys, you can't let that stuff get inside of you. That's why Jesus included uh, forgiveness in our everyday prayers. You remember the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. What did he say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then at the end of that prayer, what did he say? He said, Lord, forgive me as I forgive others. Every day. He's praying that. Why? Because resentment is a dream stopper. So our struggles, who is it with? It's against the powers of this dark world. It's against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. That's who we're fighting against. We're fighting against one another. And so guys, don't let offense keep you from the dream that God has given you. Let me give you one more. And then I want you to just kind of lean in for the last couple minutes. And, and I've got some scriptures that I want to read. And I'm just going to let the Word do the work today, if that's okay. So here's that third one. Remember, God is always with me. Remember, God is always with me. Now put your notes down. Close it up. Put them down. And at this point, I just want you to lean in. I just want you to hear what I'm going to say. The Lord was with Joseph. He's, he's, he's in the pit, man. He sold into slavery, and yet, what does it say? On the day that David or Joseph was sold into slavery, Genesis chapter 39, verse 2, what did it say? The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. He was with him in the pit. Well, now he's in the prison. Genesis 39, 21, what does it say? The Lord was with him, showed him kindness, and granted him favor. Psalms chapter 139, verse 8 through 10. If I go to the heavens, Lord, you're there. And we know God's in the heavens, but he doesn't stop there. He said, if I make my bed in the depths in Hades, he said, Lord, you're there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, Lord, your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. Psalms 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Isaiah 43, verse 2, God said, hey, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And I love verse 5. It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. The last words out of Jesus' mouth was in Matthew 28, 20. And what did he say? Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. How comforting is it to know that no matter where I'm at on my journey, God is with me. God is with me. And guys, I don't, I don't know who that past couple minutes was for, but I believe it was for someone. And maybe you've come in here and you're exhausted from the fight. You're exhausted from, from trying to make things work out right in your own life. 
And you've come in here today and you're thinking, man, this better be good because I don't know that I can take it anymore. But here's what I want you to know. God is here. And He loves you. And He cares for you. And He has not forgotten you. Hadn't forgot you. I don't know where you are on that journey with your dream. But God's with you. Has it turned out the way you thought it would? Probably not. Have you had more days that you can just give up than go on? Probably so. But God's not forgotten you. His hands are still upon you. His eyes are on the sparrow. And he watches over me. No matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm going through, no matter where, where I'm at in this journey of life, in this thing, this dream that God birthed in me, he could have birthed it in you years ago, and maybe you've given up on it several years ago, but in this message, God is restoring the dream, saying, hey, if I gave you the dream, I'm faithful to complete the dream in your life. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on the dream God gave you. Even if it didn't work out the way you thought it would. Even if it's been full of surprises. Even if you've had the haters come your way. Even if history has happened in your life. Even if all of this stuff has come against you and you want to throw your hands up and you want to walk away and you want to give up. Don't give up on the dream. Because God will bring it to pass. Stand with me all over the house. Don't give up. Don't give up. Turn to somebody and say, hey, don't give up. Don't give up. Look at them and say, hey, man, I love you. Don't give up. I love you. Don't give up. Hey, we in this thing together. Yeah, we, we, I'm, I'm not competing against you. I'm not comparing my life against yours. We, we in this together. When you hurt you, you hurt me. Because I'm connected to you. Because I love you. That's, that's what being a family is all about. It's about being connected to people. You understand, this is, a, this is it's almost as if our lives metaphorically is like a relay race. It's like you run your leg and then you're passing that baton to somebody else. And they're reaching out and they've grabbed it and now they're running. And guys, can I tell you something? All the people who've gone on before us, they've passed the baton to us. And somewhere in your leg of the race, maybe you stopped. Maybe you had to get some water and refresh yourself. Maybe you had to take a break or something. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm here to encourage you and to challenge you to pick the baton back up. Let's get running. Let's get moving. There's not, there's not enough time to be just sitting on the sidelines watching the game of life pass you by. You got to get in the race because nobody can run the race but you. I can't do what you do. You can't do what I do. But together, we can do something great for the cause of Christ. But if I drop the baton along the way, if I give up along the way, then I have failed those who have gone on before me who, like in a coliseum, are cheering me on right now, saying, hey, Peacock, pick it up and keep running. I know it's not going the way you want to, but keep running. Don't stop. Keep running. 
It's almost like the old timers when, when, when my dad, when we wanted to have a good time because, you know, we had like Atari back then. Come on, how do you remember Atari? You remember that little, that little pitiful little tennis game? Boom. Boom. Yeah, it was such a pitiful game, man. Nobody wanted to play that. And so daddy would always take the top. He had an old truck, old four-wheel drive truck, and he'd take the top off of it. And I know now you guys go to like Busco and stuff like that. We, we just found a mud hole somewhere. And he'd say, let's just go mud riding. And so we get in that old truck, you know, half seatbelt, half work. It didn't really matter. You just get in it, no, no top, no doors, and you just ride through the mud. And I remember one time we were riding through the mud, and the truck got stuck. And we were in the middle of a mud hole, and it was so deep, the water was literally coming into the sides. And I'm sitting there, and you know, I'm a little scared because I'm young. I looked at Papa, I said, what are we going to do? Hmm, hmm. He just kept falling back, won't moving. But all of a sudden, I didn't realize that Daddy had a lower gear in his truck. He said, it's all right, son. I said, what was that? He said, I call it a granny gear. He hit the granny gear. The whole back of the truck said, and he just hit the gas. And all I can remember is that truck just going. And slowly, but surely, slowly, but surely, we were inching out of the mud hole. And I fully believe that God has equipped you, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, with a granny gear. And some of you have been sitting in the mud too long. You need to drop it down one more gear and let God begin to pull you out. Don't drop the baton in life. Don't drop the baton. Turn to somebody and say, you mud riding, baby. Don't drop the baton. Drop it in a lower gear. Pull yourself out. And let God do something great in your life. Don't call it a granny gear because, you know, grannies won't like that. But anyway. <laughs> what is it, man, that God's called you to do? What is the dream that he's given you? What's the dream? I had a dream that everyone in my family would be saved. And I've been saved for, man, I don't know none of your business, but anyway, a long time. Long time. Long time. And God gave me that dream not long after I got saved that all my family would be saved. So my grandparents were saved and they went on to heaven. And then I had, you know, my mom and my dad and step-parents and sisters and, you know, all that, all that stuff. And, and I gave up on the dream. I said, God, I, said, I don't know the deal will ever happen. And, yeah, whatever. And I took that attitude. It wasn't the right attitude, but I took that attitude. Because I believe that's where some of you are right now. And I took that attitude. And my grandmother, which was my mom's mother, who had a dream that I was going to be a pastor. And she told me that dream when I was a little boy before I even knew anything about Jesus. She passed away. I had no idea that her wish, because she stayed with my mom in the last days, she said, Bonnie, it's my mother's name, I want you to go to church. 
And so I never will forget it. It was in the old building here. And it was several years ago, one Easter Sunday. First time my mom had ever darkened the doors of a church I was preaching at. And she walked in. And I remember sitting right over there, kind of where Harold is right now. And I gave an altar call. And for whatever reason, I wasn't looking. I was just looking down. And I looked up, and I was on on that step that we had. And I looked up, and there in front of me was my mother. And that sparked something in me. As soon as I, as soon as God is my witness, as soon as I laid eyes on her, he said, do you remember the dream? And I was weeping like a baby, leading my mom to Jesus. Still got a couple more in my family I'm working on. But I'm working on them. Maybe Misty will get saved next week. I remember my cousin. My cousin was a very successful businessman. The businesses that he owned was adult shops. He didn't want nothing to do with God or nothing to do with church. And several years ago, before we were in this, I looked up and him and his wife were in the back, which was on this back wall. They were in the back sitting. I thought, man, that's, that's amazing right there. So I went on with the service, gave the altar call. Everything was good. He didn't come up, but he kept waiting for me. And he was sitting, Mark, right where you're sitting, because the sanctuary is facing that way. He was sitting in a seat right there, him and his wife. And at the end of service, I went and talked to him with tears rolling down his face. He said, I can't do what I'm doing anymore. Help me. What do I do? And we led him to Jesus and talked to him. And he went home and sold all of his businesses. He quit his job. He just finished his master's degree at Liberty University for Christian counseling. I say all that to say I gave up on the dream of my family getting saved. But God didn't give up on me. He didn't give up on me. First Timothy, he saw me faithful. Even though I wasn't, I gave up on the dream. I let it go. But even though I wasn't faithful, he saw me faithful. And that's what he's speaking to somebody's heart in here today. He's seeing you as faithful. What you're doing right now, hey, it may not be faithful, but he sees you as faithful. God loves you. And there's a dream for you. Don't drop the baton. Father, we love